is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, here we go on a Tuesday, everybody. This is the Players' Lounge. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Barry Church and Danny McRae. Gentlemen, we spent so much time allowing Barry to take that victory lap yesterday. <laughs> uh, we failed to give credit to a guy who had a good game that was very underrated in the win, and that is special teams' ace who played a lot of defense, C.J. Goodwin. So, gentlemen. Let's speak that praise on old CJ for his part in that big win over the Eagles. Listen, yeah, yeah, we got to get – go ahead, D-Mac, go ahead. They, 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 they called Barry Church Nostradamus, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this one because I've been calling this man the MVP of the Dallas Cowboys football team for weeks now. True. And they True. and they put him out there, and they had him specifically out there to spy on Jalen Hurts. And I think that changed the game. It, it, it forced Jalen Hurts to stay in the pocket a little bit longer than he wanted to and allow our pass rush to get there and allow our coverage to, to, to be in the right uh, position to get those interceptions. So, he went out there. He changed the game the same way he's been doing uh, all year. And a shout out to him. And he's still the MVP and the only Pro Bowl snub on the Dallas Cowboys football team. <laughs> hey, man. Good, good stuff for CJ out there. You're right. We forgot to show our boy some love. He was one of our first guests here on the Players Lounge last year. And, I mean, he's been a special teams demon this whole year, whether it be covering kicks, downing kicks inside the 20, doing reverse passes, taking it down the sidelines. I mean, he's been a special teams demon. And then they threw him in on defense. And I didn't even notice the small little wrinkle that uh, Mike Nolan put in there, having him back there at safety. And as the snap or as the play progressed, he slowly crept down into that kind of quarterback spy position. And we all know he has world-class speed. So it wasn't like Hurts was going to be able to run away from him. But, I mean, they did a great job adding him in on the defense. And he's just been a stud all year round. I mean, not a lot of people notice him because of special teams. But this guy's been a stud for the team all year round. And like, like Danny said, he was the only snub on the uh, Cowboys roster as far as Pro Bowl is concerned. Who did make the Pro Bowl over him? I, I forgot. I want to yeah. say it was uh, it wasn't Matt Slater because you know he's always a Matt, uh, special teams guy, but that's AFC. I'm not sure who made it in. I'm not sure who made. Maybe yeah, Justin. I'm, I'm Bethel, not sure about NFC. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, look. Here's another tough thing for a guy like CJ. You know, when you're a losing team, you guys know this because you played the game. It's hard. It's hard to make the Pro Bowl. You know, it just just being yeah. on losing teams is it, it's tough, and we do and we have seen in the past. When the Cowboys win, the Cowboys get a lot of guys on the Pro Bowl. So, uh, you know, for a guy like CJ, hopefully he's back in 2021 and, and the Cowboys have a winning record, then he's going to have that better opportunity to make it on special teams. But, you know, so many times that, that's how uh, a, a big chunk of this goes into uh, who makes the Pro Bowl squad. And, and you know, you get lucky. You know, you got to be, you know, extraordinarily a big time name like a Deshaun Watson to make the Pro Bowl on a losing team like he did this year. Ryan Tannehill was all mad about how he didn't make it. But, um, you know, I think we all saw Deshaun Watson was out there by himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Out there by himself. Uh, I mean, <laughs> to answer your question, Nui, was Nick Ballore from uh, the Seattle Seahawks, who was the special teams Pro Bowler for the NFC. 
and, and gotcha. Look, Listen. It, it also doesn't help when your team cuts you before the year. You know, you kind of <laughs> you know, you yeah. need some help along the way there. You know, and that's. <laughs> Uh, and hopefully CJ can get some. I mean, most of all, and Danny, you know, you know this very well because this special teams was your thing. You can get some respect in your own locker room. You know, that, that's what I hope CJ Goodwin can, can get out of this 2020 season. It's just some respect from the organization. No, no. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah, listen. I, I can guarantee you that they have respect for him. But as Barry knows, and you covering the Cowboys know that safe the safety position is one of the positions that is not really that invested in when it comes to, to dollars and long contracts. And special teams is also one of those positions to where the Cowboys have not been able to keep their star special teams players and stack those guys up so they can have guys like CJ on the roster for long periods of time, kind of like a team like um, the New England, uh, New England Patriots. So I hope that this is the year that we kind of turn the corner and realize how important a guy like CJ is. But if history, it, 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 you know, tells us anything, then he, he, he might be headed somewhere else. He, he needs a gimmick, man. He needs one of those. I mean, Nua, you were around here when uh, who was the guy back in the Kenny, day, man? It was I, I think it was about, I Kenny the Shark. Kenny yeah, the shark. he came. He came in there doing his little shark dance, like yeah, yeah. He needs his little gimmick, man, just to get him a little bit more TV time, and then I'm sure he'll be able to turn the corner and get it. CJ there. ain't cheesy like that. Player. <laughs> CJ ain't cheesy like that, though. man. He, not for, he ain't finna come be. out. He ain't about to do that, man. And listen, if they don't respect him for his play on the field right now, he don't need to go out there and do no shark dance. So. <laughs> hey, them shark dance might put a couple extra mil in your pocket. Hey, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> look, look, I mean, I was there for it, man. I remember, I mean, Kenny the Shark Gant was so popular. I mean, he had a radio show. I mean, man, people loved that dude. And when, when it was special teams time, you know, people were in the stands, you know, watching him dance, do his thing. So I'm just saying uh, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was a niche that he took, and fans loved it. I mean, even when Pac-Man Jones was here. You know, Pac-Man Jones, I mean, people wanted to see him in the return game. And I, I thought, okay, I was wrong, but I thought Tavon Austin could have been a guy who, who got people going in the return game. It didn't happen that way, but like I said, I thought. Uh, but Taking this a little bit further right here on the Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com, we, we saw some uptick from the defensive back, and we've seen it now in, in, in three football games. And mind you all remember, it's against rookie Jalen Hurts. It's against uh, <laughs> Nick Mullins. It's against Brandon Allen. None of these three players will be starting for their teams if they can get their starting quarterbacks back next year, in my opinion. I don't think they are. Maybe it hurts, but I doubt it. I doubt it because they got so much invested in Carson Wentz. I think they like to try and make it work with him first. But do you bring these guys back? Do you blow it up? What do you do with your secondary next year with just one game to go? What do you think they should do, McCray? Wait. Wait, wait, so, is, so I know Nick Mullins didn't start the next game after he played us, so, so that's already off the table. And uh, did, did Brandon Allen start uh, the next game? Yeah, what, he what played. He balled out against Houston. Balled out. And he played. Yeah, he played okay. So, so Nick, so so Nick Mullins is already off. He, it's not happening. All right. So, listen, it's like I said, it's hard to to make those plays, no matter who's playing quarterback. It's, it's been some guys out there, like you said, Brandon Allen goes out the next week and plays well against Houston, and, and you never would have thought that would have happened the way that he gave, gave the turnovers over to us. So, like I said, it, it, when you have those opportunities to make those plays and you make them, you deserve all the credit in the world. But 
that doesn't change what happened previously throughout the season uh, with your DB coaches and these guys getting, you know, bombed on, balls going over the head, uh, getting, you know, blown coverages and, and simple stuff like cover three and cover four. None of that stuff changes that, right? So they made some plays, but it, it needs to be some reconstruction going on in that secondary just to make sure that this is not our Achilles heel next season. Reconstruction. They need to throw a TNT bomb <laughs> in the whole secondary room and blow that thing up. I mean, look, I only see maybe two, two people coming back from this secondary, and that would be Wilson, who he's shown, he's shown that he can be that playmaker. He needs to, he needs to fine tune his coverage a little bit and kind of get his game under control as far as getting penalties and late hits and that and that nature. But you can ride with a guy like that who goes 100 miles an hour no matter what position it is, no matter what snap it is, no matter what time in the game it is, he's going 100 miles an hour. So you can live with that. You can go to war with that. And then the other guy has to be Trayvon Diggs. I mean, yes, he, he had his ups and downs. He's been getting beat by for touchdowns, but he's also fought and came back. I mean, look, the the receiving core he had to go against his first six games as an NFL guy. I mean, he had Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, Cup from uh, L.A. He had Roots. I mean, he had a lineup of receivers that I don't know any veteran corner would be able to go up there and, and have success against. So this guy had his ups and downs, but he's done enough to be able to come back and I think be that number one corner for this secondary. But the rest of those guys, Wuzier, Woods, J. Lou, uh, whoever else they want to throw in there. I, I think it's time for them to, you know, go look elsewhere. I think it'll benefit, like like the Redskins say, it'll benefit both parties if they, if they go ahead and separate. All right, so, uh, <laughs> so we need to blow this thing up and bring those two back and see what happens. I got five. <laughs> I've, I've got. You got five. 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 Yeah, five. Five. Okay. Go ahead. Name the, name those guys, please. Uh, Dig Diggs is one, obviously. Yes. Uh, Trayvon yes. Diggs. Um, I'm bringing back Darian Thompson because he's a backup, in my opinion, and you put him in a backup role, and he's making $1.3 million in 2021. So I'm bringing him back. Uh, I'm bringing back Wilson in 2021. As a backup, he's making $881,000. I'm bringing back The striker? I'm bringing back Wilson. I'm bringing back Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown next year got a salary of $5.7 million. And I'm looking at him. That's a lot of money. Third, a lot of third. bread. Um, look, I, I, what do I need in this league? I'm going to need three guys. I'm going to need some depth. So you've paid him. And, and my hope is that a new defensive coordinator can get something out of him. But I'm bringing him back. Okay, so I'm bringing him mm. back. And I'm bringing, I'm bringing back Reggie Robinson for uh, – $792,000. Here's a guy that you've already invested in. And hopefully with a full offseason, the kid from Tulsa can give you something on special teams and give you something uh, as a defensive back. So th those are the guys I'm bringing back. What I do need, I need another starting corner on the other side of Diggs. I need a starting. I need two starting safeties. So, so I, I need I to bring at least three to possibly four guys to go with these other dudes I'm bringing back. I got two questions. I got two questions. Is okay. Anthony Brown's contract guaranteed? Because, you know, like, I don't know. He might have had his first two years guaranteed because I know he's had a three for 15. But I want to know if his second year is guaranteed. If so, then, yes, he'll have to be back. And then my second question is, you bringing Reggie Robinson back? He could, he Practice could, he squad, church. Practice squad, church. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Never mind. I'll <laughs> don't, go don't, on the don't, don't forget I'm about practice. Never. Don't, yeah, don't. 
practice don't, squad. Don't, okay. Listen, th- 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 this year has made us forget that there is a practice squad, so we can bring we can bring them back, put them on practice squad, kind of develop them, kind of like we did Teddy Williams back in the day. You can still get them, Correct. you know, get them that way. Uh, and and, and okay. Nui, I, okay. I think you also are correct on Anthony Brown. I think he's played well enough. That, that he deserves another shot, you know, with a hopefully with a, a new uh, defensive coordinator or at least new defensive back coach that can really get the most out of these guys. But yeah, Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Brown, uh, Woods, you know, he, he he's a no go for me because you know he he went out and embarrassed the the whole defensive staff really by telling people that he couldn't hustle for for a full game. That's just going <laughs> to stick with me. You know, as long as he's here and it makes no sense. But, yeah, Wilson and Thompson, I, I think you still give those guys a shot. You bring them back and, and, and see what happens because they are on team-friendly deals. And you said if, if we plan on signing back, uh, Dak Prescott, then we're going to need to be on some, have some team-friendly uh, deals going on. True. Thompson right, going to be so starting if we bring Prescott back. <laughs> so, so, Church, Church here's, your, here's some numbers here from over the cap on Anthony Brown. Uh, he's got a cap number next year. at $5.75 uh, million. It's, uh, he takes up 2.8% of the cap. That's not a lot. Uh, if you cut him before June 1st, it costs you $3 million. If you cut him after, it's $2.7 million. And for me, you know, I'm thinking right now he's going to be my third corner um, at $5.7 million. That's not a lot. You go and you look at Trevon Diggs, and he doesn't have a high number next year because he was a first-round draft pick. And then I'm going to go out most likely draft or, or sign another cornerback here. So for my corner room, um, that's not a lot of money considering how many teams you're going to face in the NFL that want to throw the football. I, I just don't think that Anthony Brown is killing me. I don't look at him and just say, oh, my gosh, this dude is, is you know, he's, he's so – put it like this. You'll ask Jalen Smith to take a pay cut, and you'll figure out a way to, to lessen his money than you will Anthony Brown, in my opinion. Um, that, that's true. I, that's I, true. I, I just think he's as I think of him as a three. I don't know how you guys. Feel. I think of him as a three. I think of him as a guy that you know you're going to need some nickels, some dime packages, and, and so that's you know can he be one of my top three, four DB uh, uh, corners? Yeah, I think he can be that. But if you're looking at him to be a starter, then maybe you. I, I think you might be a little bit. You might be a little bit off there. And that's my thing about Wilson and Thompson. These guys as starters, you may not want them there. As backups, great. I mean that that that's just me. Um, yeah, I would I would agree. I would agree with you on the Wilson. Or I mean, on the uh, Thompson thing. If he's coming in, if we can keep him for that same kind of that minimum deal, I think he'd be a valuable piece on that on that special teams. Because like like McCray said earlier in the season, you know we don't value special teams that much. We kind of just throw guys out there. But if we can keep a guy like Thompson on that vet minimum deal and have him, you know, not waste his energy on defense, but basically be nothing but a special teams player, I, I can get down with that. I can have him being a backup. But uh, A.B., you know, I think you talked me into to him being that third corner. Because like you said, 5.7 for a third, you know, nickel start, starting nickel corner, that's, that's mediocre money for, uh, for a starting nickel corner. So I, I think he could still the cap. Oh, uh, oh medi- <laughs> mediocre money. All right. So I, I said something about the contract months ago, and I got laughed off the show. Now he talking about mediocre money. When we talking about you know, the top-ranked guys getting paid at the nickel spot, they're getting paid, you know, $11, $12 million at the nickel spot. So I would say 5.7 is that, that's, that's mediocre. That's, that's medium. Goodness. That's medium the road. Listen, so, I, it's listen, a real I contract, you, It is a real contract. <laughs> 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 so, oh, 
Oh man, that's crazy. Mediocre. Point four million. So it's one point four million for Diggs next year, and and then the the cap hit on Brown next year is five point point seven. So that is that right there comes out to about seven point two million for for two of your top three starting corners. Um, that's 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 good money in the National Football League. And then so I, and I. And, and I got to think of some, something on Wilson, man. I just, I just have a little bit more faith in him because my understanding is this guy essentially is a rookie because he's, this is his first time really being a starter. And he went out there and made some serious plays, right? So he's, you know, we, we're hoping that he's going to have a chance to go through a full offseason, learn a full defensive scheme, have a full training camp, and have this year under his belt. And I, and I, I can only see him going up from here now. Albeit, last year I thought the same thing about some of these DBs. So, you know, in football you never really know. But I, I can just see his ceiling being pretty high as long as, as long as they make sure they develop him the correct way and put him in positions to be successful. Well, Donovan Wilson shouldn't even be a part of this conversation if you really think about it nah. from the standpoint of even nah. not being back. I mean, here's a guy who's in his second year, um, finally gets an opportunity. He's The cost for him said 2021 is $881,000. In 2022, it's 966000 I mean, you know, for this kind of money and the production, what we've seen so far, this is a good team-friendly contract for the Cowboys, and you need a guy like that. Um, now, I'm yeah. not saying they're going to bring in an Earl Thomas, but just let's say you go and you get a guy like an Earl Thomas, and then you have a guy like Wilson. To me, that's a perfect spot where you got two guys backing up, or maybe you want Wilson to start at one spot, and you pay a little bit of money, more money to Earl Thomas. But, but you know, you have a cheaper guy there. And I go back to what I said before. If you're paying Dak Prescott, you've got to find ways, and you've got to find some bargains on your football team, and drafting guys, especially guys that are in that fifth, you know, fifth, sixth round who could come in here and help you as backups, this is going to be the key towards managing this cap for the Cowboys, in my opinion. Keep Earl Thomas where he at. Keep Earl Thomas where he at. Keep Earl Thomas where he's at away from the Dallas Cowboys, please. Okay. Yeah, because look, if we pay if we pay Prescott, we're gonna have to do a lot of bargain shopping on the defense. And as a safety, I don't think we need that Earl Thomas or that Justin Simmons, that high price safety. I think we need somebody in the in the Trey Boston realm who's a solid safety who can be that quarterback of the defense, get these guys lined up, and someone who Wilson can learn after. And I think that's where we're gonna have to go since we're gonna give Dak Prescott probably fifty some million. So I mean, we're gonna do some bargain <laughs> shopping. We'll see. Uh, this dude hyping it up. <laughs> Break, okay, squeezing a break. The Cowboys may need a new offensive coordinator next year. We already think they need a defensive coordinator next year. Let's throw about some names about who could be some replacements for those positions in 2021 if the Cowboys choose to go that route. We'll do that next on the Players' Lounge on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. 
Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on Seeky is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the Seeky app today, and when the time is right, let's go. Seeky. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, AT&T continues to innovate new ways to connect Cowboys Nation with new and exciting game day experiences, including Starview, presented by AT&T 5G, available in stadium and for home use. Download the Dallas Cowboys mobile app and look for Starview under the stadium tab. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Dallas Cowboys players Barry Church and Danny McCray. We are in our SWBC Mortgage Virtual Home Studios. All right. I don't think that defensive coordinator Mike Nolan is coming back. I am not sold on what has happened in the last three weeks. It has been good for the Cowboys to see. But I'm sorry it took a little bit too long to get there. I just don't think Mike Nolan is the guy. So, if Mike Nolan's out, gentlemen, do you have any names of defensive coordinators that you would possibly like to see? Church, I'll start with you. Man, I would love. This is not going to happen because I'm sure he'll get a head coaching job this offseason. But I would love to have a guy like Robert Sala. I mean, the guy over with the 49ers, he just seems so energetic and just in tune with his players. And it seems like whoever's out there with him. I mean, he's lost so many cats out there. Whoever's out there with him, they seem to just be, you know, they play for him and they go hard for him. So I would love that for a guy like that to come here. But like I said, I extremely doubt it because he'll probably get a head coaching job elsewhere. But if we could, man, I'd be a hell of a hire. Okay, do you have a realistic candidate? How about that? <laughs> uh, no, I, I ain't got a realistic, a realistic candidate, but there is a defensive coordinator at the University of Toledo who oh. has that defense rolling. And look, I know I, me and Toledo, we got, we got some beef, you know, but I'm going to take that out of there and say, hey, you mean, hey, Toledo, they, hey, they can do something for the Dallas Cowboys, so we'll see. We'll see. Okay, McCray. Look. Be, Look, be better, listen, be better I, than church. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know how much, how, how much, how much more realistic. I'm gonna say perfect world. And, and church took my number one pick. That in an ideal world, that would be the guy. But you know, listen, this is gonna sound crazy. 
But if we're going to run a 3-4 defense, man, my man Uncle Wade is sitting out there just waiting for a job, waiting for a defense that he can get a hold of and take to a Super Bowl like he did out there in Denver, all right? And then we also have – listen, before I say this, I want to explain that sometimes defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators, sometimes they become head coaches and then they kind of lose track of what they're really built on and then they're not really as good as they had been previously. So I'm going to throw Dan Quinn out there because I know as a defensive defensive Mm. coordinator – as a defensive coordinator, I've seen what he is able to do when he's focusing solely on defense. Now, his head coaching and giving up leads and all that stuff, I'm not sure about. But if you're going to run a 4-3 defense and, and you want to get some stuff done, I, I would say I would take a look at Dan Quinn. No. Mm. Negative. That, you, you ain't Dan like that? Quinn, well, Dan Quinn took over the defense um, last season, or 2019, mm. He took over the defense and then failed spectacularly and then gave it to Raheem Morris and then they, they improved. So yeah, he couldn't even call defenses anymore. So and then we just need him to focus. Think, we just want him to I focus think, solely on defense. I feel I feel as though people have caught up to that Seattle scheme. Um, Gus Bradley yeah, was I would agree. that thing out with the Chargers. That that thing has been a mess, and then they're all getting get ready to get fired there. Um, Seattle is not what's winning games. A uh, defense is not what is winning games of Seattle now, and, and that's even with them getting Jamal Adams in there. So so that defensive thing is not the same. And oh by the way, uh, Gus Bradley and and Dan Quinn were coaching a defense that was good in secondary. Uh, this ain't it here. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, he listen, here. No, he coming here. He, we, go, he got a whole lot of pieces that he can't bring with him. So hold on, listen. We talking about revamping the whole defense. This is y'all's plan: revamp the defense. Make sure you put your players in position uh, to to succeed. And you walk in here and you got D-Law, you got Randy Gregory, you talking about remapping the secondary, you got Jalen Smith, you got Leighton Vanderish. I think you give Dan Quinn these pieces, which some of them are similar to guys that he had in uh, in Seattle. And I think he could make something happen. I still don't. I still think we shouldn't have got rid of Christian Shard, who runs something similar. Uh, so I, I just th- that's my name that I would throw out there as a possibility. I got a question. Yeah, I, is is yeah. is Romeo is Romeo Cornell available, or is he still? Is he is he coaching somewhere right now? Well, he will he's be. He's the interim coach in Houston, <laughs> but I imagine what he'll do is remain in Houston as some type of consultant because he and the owner are cool. But Romeo's another guy running a three-four. Um, I, I just think that I, I just don't see the Cowboys being able to run a three-four and pay Dak Prescott. Because you got that 3-4, but what do you got to have? You need man corners. Man corners cost a lot of money. And I remember Bill Polian talking about when he was with the Colts that they had spent so much money on offense. One reason why they had made the change from, from Vic Fangio and, and Mora as the head coach over to Tony Dungy was that they were running, you know, they were having more of zones and it was cheaper to get the corners and you could got, actually get them out there a, a whole lot quicker, but you, you saved money. I mean, you, you do that man thing, you know, I, you know, are you ready to sit up here and pay guys? They didn't want to pay Byron Jones. So I, I just don't know if they can afford to do that in terms of, of the kind of cost it would take for the 3-4 defense. But, and also just the resources you need. You know, the Cowboys, when Parcells was here, and they were running at 3-4 and they were running away, they were spending that kind of money on defense. They were using number one picks on defense. They don't do that here. They, they want to we be got the know, money. greatest show. You won't have the money after you sign Dak. Oh, I mean, that's the, that's the kink right there. Uh, that's the variable no, right that's there. that's the kink. So, so, so stop. So that Uncle is Wade, the kink Uncle right Wade, there. Who? Uncle Wade not going to be Who is Newey's people? 
Okay, thank that's you. what I'm saying. Okay. No, he just he just down to everybody else's picks, and he ain't saying that one pick yet. I got, a, I got a list. Okay, I got a list. Pull out the list. list. Pull out the okay. list. Uh, you've got a guy in the building right now, in George Edwards, who was there with Zimmer at Minnesota, and I don't know if anybody notices that defense was not the same this year, and George Edwards was out there with Zim doing that. So I, he's the guy who's now with the Cowboys. I would consider him. Um, Joe Witt is a guy that Mike McCarthy was going to bring here. In fact, I'm told Joe Witt, who was with McCarthy in Green Bay, was told he'd get the D.C. job, but then it went to Mike Nolan. Now, Witt is not, uh, you know, so he's, he, he's not there. Um, you know, with, with, with McCarthy. Let me figure out where did I see where is Joe? Y'all, y'all know what happened last if, time if, we brought one of McCarthy's buddies yeah, in here. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say if McCarthy, if McCarthy bringing him in, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you should be a part of this hiring process, man. Defensive <laughs> guy, right, now, church, church. He listed a guy that's previously that, that's currently in the building. <laughs> with this, yeah, that's a part of this defense. <laughs> okay, okay, that's good. That's a good. That's good. Now, offline, offline, we can have a conversation about that. Okay, I'll give, give you my intel offline about about okay. what's going on with that one. So, this is what I got on on uh, on Joe Witt. He's now the Falcons secondary. He's with the Falcons secondary, and. Um, I'm said says McCarthy had told him he'd be the DC, but when he hired Nolan, Joe was not happy. Says Joe is that dude should have been a defensive coordinator a couple years ago, and McCarthy blocked him. So that's a name right there. Uh, Aubrey Pleasant, who's the cornerback coach with the Rams. I think we've seen the Rams run a pretty good defense this year. Um, so yep. there's some guys there. And and before I bring in Dan Quinn to run my defense, I'd bring in a guy who was running the defense better than Dan Quinn was doing it in Atlanta. That was Raheem Morris. You know they're they're all about to get run out of there too. So, so okay. there's some name there's some names right there. And look, I don't know how the Cowboys and how certain people feel about Chris Richard. My issue with Chris Richard was that Richard was trying to marry his system and Marinelli's system, and you just can't blend two systems together. If they were going to let Marinelli, I mean, uh, let, let let Chris do it, they should have let Chris do it. One of the things he wanted to do was bring in uh, linebacker coach Michael Barrow to be that guy. He'd worked with him in Seattle. And they're like, no, no, we're going to go with Ben Bloom. I mean, we all saw how how, how that went. Okay, we all saw how that went. Thing. Hold on, some hold on. Hold- Hold on, because listen, I heard you. I keep hearing you talk about Raheem Moore. Was Raheem Moore up there with Jerome Henderson up there stinking up the joint uh, in their secondary <laughs> when they was like thirty second in the league a couple years ago? Was that is this the Raheem Moore that we talking about? Talking about him what over Dan Quinn? Give give Dan Quinn. I don't what care what year it was. He was the coach. He was actually he sent Jerome Henderson to sit up in the. I think he talked twenty eighteen, maybe twenty eighteen. <laughs> up there, sticking it up, uh, man. Listen, listen. Mm. Let let Dan Quinn let me, have a shot. Me, no, Dan Quinn is trash. That whole brotherhood thing. No, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn ain't been the same since Tom Brady and them just ruined his life. So he ain't been the same since. Let's take a break. You right. When we you right. So we so, come so. back. Let's dive into Kellen Moore. Let's dive into Kellen Moore. Who takes his spot offensive coordinator if he leaves right here on the players lounge? Brought to you by Hotels. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. 
Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, you know our boy Church loves reality TV and McCray too as well. So, hey, fellas, find out why this year's Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team is the most competitive yet. (laughs) Do not miss new episodes of Season 15 every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Central on CMT. All right, fellas, uh, making the team. Um, There you go. Add that to your repertoire. I'm not going to hate on them, man, because when that cheerleading show came on Netflix, I watched, I binge watched the whole season. All right. So I'm sure if I sit down and watch the, making the team for the Dallas Cowboys, I'll probably get into it. But right now my plate is a little full. Which, uh, which cheerleading <laughs> show? Was that the one, was that the one with those, uh, the, the, the Juco over there in, uh, here in Texas? Yeah. College? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was yeah, that one. I watched, yeah. You saw what happened to your boy Jerry a couple weeks ago, didn't you? Uh, hold on. First of all, that, that's reality TV. You watched it? Yeah, yeah, that's all. Oh, okay, all right, because because you know you make it sound like you don't watch no reality TV. <laughs> now my my children were watching it on the slide, so I was like, let me get up in here and figure out what it is. Oh, oh, and, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you watch, as, we watched the whole season. Yeah, I did. I did. I watched it. Watched it all because I also I'm 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 one of those that. I, I'm not a cheerleading person at all, and you know I watch Bring It On. All I'm like, oh gosh, this is terrible. And, and my youngest is that's the last one. If I get that one away from it, I'm gonna be okay. But yeah, I watched it. So, uh, but uh, that guy Jerry recently got arrested for um, child pornography charges. Goodness and, gracious! Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yes, yeah, so he, he's in. A, he is in. He got a world of trouble. Um, got little boys sending pictures and stuff. So yeah, that that guy from uh, that show is. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He ought to go to jail. Send him. Send him to jail. If it's well, true, send him to jail. 
got arrested up there in Chicago. It was a couple weeks back. So, yeah, I tweeted the story out. But uh, let's nasty. talk about the Cowboys. Yes. Let's talk about the Cowboys offense. Uh, Kellen Moore, up for the Boise State job. He spoke to the media yesterday. Um, you know, very vague, but at the same time said, hey, look, it's special. It's a place that, you know, uh, I'm from. It's an opportunity I would look at, which is what, you, what you'd expect. He's like, I'm concentrating on this. Let it play out, yada, yada, Which, to me, is all coach speak for, yeah, I'll take the job. Love that. I hope they offer it to me. So if Kellen Moore gets a job, and I'm going to believe that he will, because right now they mm-hmm. say the candidates are Kellen Moore and then a defensive coordinator at uh, Oregon, who is also a former Boise State player, but usually these offensive guys are who schools want versus the defensive guys. So Kellen Moore takes a job. McCray, who should be the offensive coordinator next year? Goodness gracious. The, the, the way my Dan Quinn opinion got shut down, I might, you know, I might need to be quiet. <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. Listen, the, the first, 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 first stuff for selection should be me because I'm giving the ball to 21 and 19. But since I'm not available because my plate is full and I'm running these these U camps, I would say <laughs> I, I would say my first look realistically would be the Alabama Crimson Tides offensive coordinator, Steve Sar- Sarkeesian. All right. We Ooh. see that, that, that Joe Brady can oh. get some stuff done. Yes, man. Have you seen their offense, Nui? Have you seen what they've been able to put together and the guys that he's been able to develop? All right, I'm going with him first. And then, uh, you know, was it Brian Doble for the Bills? If, if we can get him up out of there, th- those guys have been able to turn uh, Josh Allen and, and Diggs and, and Cole Beasley and, and Singletary and Zach Moss. They've, been, they, they've turned into a real nice offense. So th- those are the two, two guys that I'm looking at first. Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. One, one thing with Kellen about his job before I touch on this OC thing, he definitely got that Boise State job. I mean, when you got guys like <laughs> Jerry Jones backing you saying, hey, we had, to, we had to put the brakes on him a little bit or he would explode it too much. When you got guys oh. like that, he, he got the job. <laughs> he got the job. But for me, man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who we bring in here as an offensive coordinator, man. I, I think it's got to be somebody who values the run game more than Kellen Moore did, seeing as though we had the $90 million. We got so much invested in Zeke, and there's no way we can get out of the contract, I believe, until, I think, 2022, 2023. So we got to bring somebody in here who values the run game and who's creative with the run game. And to me, that might be a guy like Greg Roman. I mean, look what he's doing up there in Baltimore. Yes, he has Lamar Jackson and all that good stuff, but the way he's able to have his creative run game and confusing defenses, we've seen how it confused our defense up there. I think that'd be a good staple piece for this offense, especially Zeke Elliott back there with his $90 million. He'd make the best out of him. I think he'd be a good candidate. Hold on. Let, 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 let me preface my pick. Let me preface my pick by saying this. All right. Mike McCarthy should be calling the plays next season. Steve Sarkeesian should be here to learn and help Mike McCarthy do some things that he hasn't seen at the college level and bring some creativity. Mike McCarthy should should be the guy holding that card and making those play calls next season. OK, can, I'll, I'll st- can I start with Sarkeesian? Absolutely. Okay, Steve was Dan Quinn's coordinator for two years in Atlanta. So, so he's been to the pros. And he went back to Alabama. So from what I have seen from Sark and what I've been reading from people like Bruce Feldman who cover college football, uh, Sark's kind of waiting on another collegiate job. And coming here to, to, to watch Mike McCarthy call plays is not something that I think he would do. Um, I believe... Is he a bad hire? Is he a bad hire? Would he be a bad hire? 
Yes. And, and here's, here, here's why. I think Mike McCarthy should be calling plays, and I think Mike McCarthy wants to call plays. I think Mike McCarthy would like a situation like what Andy Reid is doing in Kansas City. Where Andy's here, he's got an offensive coordinator and a guy who helps build the game plan, who works with a lot, but then you know, on game day he's going to get out there and pull out that little, little sheet, look at it, and call his plays. I think that's what he wants to do. It's what we see with Sean Payton doing here. So I think Mike McCarthy is just like those guys. So maybe you make Doug Nussmeyer your quote-unquote offensive coordinator while, while Mike is calling the plays. That's what I envision. That's what I think will happen here. So if I'm a guy like Sark, I don't touch this. If I'm Sark, I mean, to me, if you're Sark, the best thing to do is stay where you're at at Alabama because you probably are going to get yourself a head coaching job again. Um, it happened for Mike Loxley. So, so I would say if I'm Sark, just, just hang out where you are. You just saw uh, Devontae Smith be named the Associated Press College Football Player of the Year, and Mac Jones finished second, the Alabama quarterback. So there's two guys right there. So I wouldn't be touching the pros. I'd stay right Whoa. there, get ready to get busy again in college football, where he was once a head coach at, at Washington and USC. It was, it was something well, that ended up costing him those jobs. Well, Nui, the, the, quest, the question was who would we like to see? I know Sark probably ain't coming here. But if I want, <laughs> that's who, that's who okay. I want to see come here. It's the smart thing yeah. for him to do. Yeah, would, would, would be to stay in college because he's he's running it up just like Dabo Sweeney, who's probably never going to leave college because he's running it running stuff over there at uh, at Clemson. They shouldn't come here. But if I if I want to see you know some some new blood coming here and some creative things, then I'm going to the college level to bring something different to help uh, Mike McCarthy out. All right, all right. But I want McCarthy. But you want McCarthy calling plays too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm with and, that, that, for and sure. that. Yeah, that, that's my thing. Is, is and if to me this is his opportunity. Now Nussmeyer has been a successful college um, coordinator as well. So I, I, I actually I have a favorable opinion of him. And, and look, I don't know what happened with John Kittner and why McCarthy didn't want to keep him. But if you were able to make Doug Nussmeyer your go from quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator, and you brought back a guy like Kittner who Dak Prescott had so much uh, in common and connection with, that'd be, uh, that'd be good, Bobby, but we'll see. We'll see. McCarthy's got his list of guys from the barn, and we'll see what he does. But I, I, just, I just think the guy wants to call, call plays there. Uh, Booger McFarlane uh, was on ESPN, <laughs> and he decided that oh, Dwayne Haskins – Dwayne Haskins is a problem, and that Dwayne Haskins and other black players are all like Dwayne Haskins, where they're concerned about their brand, and they don't put in the work. And, yeah, he went places that um, were frankly embarrassing. I just yeah. thought they were embarrassing. And he thought Listen. he was killing them, too, with his take, too. He, he thought he was, man, this is going to hit their eardrums, man. They're going to feel every word I'm saying. And I'm just like, man, look, man, I don't think you should have went that hard on the kid. Like, at, at the end of the day, man, look, he made a mistake. Was it a dumb mistake? Yes. It was an immature mistake? Yes. But the kid was 22 years old, man. It ain't like he's riding around here, you know, drunk driving, running into people, killing people, or, or bringing handguns in there. He made a mistake, and look, it, it cost him his job. At the end of the day, that should be it, man. You shouldn't rope him into all this other, you, you know, we got brands and the African American community doesn't know how to how to basically win and all this other stuff. I, you know, I just think he went a little bit too hard on the get kid, man. He made a mistake, and hopefully, he gets a second chance somewhere. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't care. To you're right, Church, but I, I don't care how hard he went on uh, Dwayne Haskins. When you make this a general thing, 
of, of, of African-American players in the NFL not being able to focus on more than one thing at once, building your brand, working hard, making some money, and also being disciplined enough to show up and be professional and saying that this is a huge problem throughout the NFL, then you made a mistake, especially when you just basing it off what Dwayne Haskins did. All three of us can come and we can name a plethora of guys who have been able to do everything that uh, Booger McFarland said that they couldn't do and also be professional, show up, win Super Bowls, win MVPs, and do all types of things. So to me, it just makes no sense for him to rope in the entire African-American community in the NFL and say that this is this is what most of us are doing and this is how most of us act once we get to the league and that's why stuff doesn't work for us. Doesn't make sense. He's, he's absolutely wrong and made no sense. And uh, I, I was ashamed to hear one of my LSU guys sound like that. <laughs> my first thought when I actually watched the clip on Twitter, because I didn't watch it live, I'm like, yeah, that's why Booker McFarlane's not doing Monday Night Football, because he would go on Monday Night Football <laughs> yep. saying, some cra- doing some, saying some old crazy stuff. Um, look, Dwayne Haskins earned the flogging he's taken. Okay? He, he's earned yes. that. But to turn it around and make it seem as though it's, oh, these, you, this is what happens when you get these Negroes in here. They can't get on Twitter and, and putting Instagram photos themselves and they can't concentrate. That's how it came off to me. And Lord knows if there was a white general manager, somebody saying that, a white broadcaster, they, that person would have paid dearly for saying those kind of comments because it was asinine and ignorant. Okay, that's what it was. It was asinine and ignorant. There are too many guys in this league, black and white, as Danny said, who've been able to build brands, who've been able to do both. And there are also plenty of guys that we can point to besides a Dwayne Haskins who took their opportunity and flushed it down the toilet. Anybody remember Johnny Football? Okay, Johnny Football <laughs> out here with drugs. Johnny Football out here skipping and hopping to Vegas with cats. <laughs> drinking and, and, drinking and drives. Okay? DUI, uh, drinking and driving. You know? You know, they said he was out here beating his girl. I mean, so Johnny had a whole bunch of stuff talking about a guy flushing away his opportunity. It is not just black players. It is players in general across every sport. We can go and look and say, hey, look, this guy didn't do this and this. To make it seem as though it's an African-American thing is a bunch of black guys. That's the part that was distasteful. Like, dude, dude, hold on now. Mm. Okay. This is not just some racial thing here where you black guys. No, it's players in general and it's players in every sport. In fact, it's you go look at the entertainment industry. I worked in L.A. I can tell you plenty of people who blew opportunities who, because they weren't focused on the jobs. I mean, this is a, I mean, this is the, I can tell you TV industry. I mean, it happens. It happens. And. To, to go how deep he went instead of just sticking to the topic was, hey, Dwayne Haskins blew his opportunity through immaturity and deserved to get fired. That He should have just kept it there. When he just j- tried to generalize it, to me, I just think he went way out of bounds. And hey. I guess it's Booker. That's Booker. <laughs> that's, that's Booker. That's just what he does. That's why he got fired from another football. Church, mm. church, you know what he sounded like? Like I brought this up earlier. He sounded like one of them old school haters, man. They hating on the new school. That, in our that generation. They got, yeah, they got social media. Like, things are different. You know what I'm saying? Like, people make money a different way. 
posting stuff on Twitter and Instagram. Ain't nothing wrong with that. The, the, the internet is one of the biggest ways to make money now and, and, and grow your platform to do good things or bad, however you want to do it. But that's the new generation, man. So he just sound like one of them dudes hating that he didn't have this stuff available to him back in the day and looking at the young guys going out here and doing it and, and, and making themselves better and growing, uh, growing their platform in ways that he couldn't and just hating on them. Bro, don't hate. You ain't got to hate, bro. Be, be happy for the next generation. Le- LeBron will be, what, 35 or 36 tomorrow? He's got a heavy uh, social media presence. Tiger Woods is over 40 years old. He'll, you know, he'll be 40, maybe 44, 45 tomorrow. Got the same day, same birthday as LeBron James, December 30th. Um, you know, these guys have been able to, 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 to do both. Um, it was just it was just a crazy comment. But as I said, man, that's, that's just booger just saying what he does. And I, I just I just think it's wrong. I look at I look at a guy like Jalen Smith, who, who ended up going back to Notre Dame. And we know Jalen has been building his brand. We've seen Tank Lawrence build his brand. Uh, we've seen Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's put out his brand. Baker Mayfield got commercials all day long. He just got drilled by the Jets. Um, so, you know, you're beating up on Baker Mayfield. <laughs> that's true. You know, was you know, did Jalen not have a good year this season because he was building his brand? Guess what? You know, guys can do both and you can have have good seasons, you can have bad seasons, you can have ups and downs, but to take Dwayne Haskins and basically say it's a whole race of people, um, that's crazy. That's crazy. All right, guys, Sound like we'll, back at it. we'll get back at it tomorrow. I got some bad news for church where we have the Players Lounge tomorrow. Um, that's how you're going to leave us? Is. Yeah, it just is what it is. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's just going to be this way. But that's why we're going to get into it tomorrow on the Players' Lounge Hump Day edition as we get ready for Cowboys-Eagles. Oh, was Cowboys, Cowboys-Giants, which will be at MetLife Stadium. And the Cowboys need the Eagles to defeat Washington to make it to the playoffs. For Barry Church, Danny McCray, producer Chris B. I'm Louis Scruggs. Thank you so much for checking out Players' Lounge. Brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com Radio. My man knew he hey, still ain't Take us the out the playoffs, too. J.G. Don't take us to the playoffs. <laughs> or I'm coming for you. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!